You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all the time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the earth. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for they had already, he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned, and since the storm is getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. And when the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. May the Lord reveal to us more about our own lives as we apply this scripture to to ourselves. You can be seated this morning. Man, talk about getting your attention. Man, when God says, do I have your attention? I mean, man, that's a way to do it right there. I think I'm getting attention. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, there was this TV show that was on. It was my wife's favorite TV show. It was called 24. You guys are familiar with 24 at all? Anybody? Yeah. There was this character named Jack Bauer. He was kind of like this agent. He was kind of like James Bond and Bourne and MacGyver and, and all the, whoever you could think of who's like got all the skills. He was like The Rock. You know, he's like, if they had made this movie today, the show today, it'd have to be Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, playing this character, uh, Bauer, Jack Bauer. But Jack, th- this was my wife's favorite show. She doesn't really watch TV very much, so she was into this show. And the show had a countdown. It was like a, cock, a clock counting down. So the idea of 24 was the whole entire season of the show took place over a 24-hour period. He had 24 hours to complete some mission before it all ended. So, man, it's a, it's a slow-going show, you know, because it's one day spread out over a whole season. And so it's called 24. So the the, the, the the little catch of this is a, it's a clock counting down. Beep, 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 
beep, and then it gets to 24, and it's over. You know, it's counting all the way down. And so it was time for the new season to come, and we were sitting there watching TV, probably a football game or something that was on. And we lived in Florida. We had a cat. The cat loved me, but always like snuggled up to me. The cat's laying right up against me. I got the remote here because I'm in charge of the remote. That's how it works. Got the remote sitting here. My wife's right there. Shelly's sitting right over there. And out of nowhere, the TV goes, time for commercial. Bleep, starts the countdown. She sits up fast as she can. She says, what? And goes to, she grabs my remote. She grabs the remote. She don't, because she don't know how to work it. She grabs the remote and go to turn up the volume, only she hits some other button that causes this, this everything goes static. <laughs> All this happens simultaneously. She says, what? Reaches, and the cat flies, out, like just snuggled up there all cozy like the cat could be against my leg. Flies off the couch, and we had this tile floor. Hits the tile floor running, and it's just like those cartoons you see where the, the feet are spinning, bloop, 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 and, the, and the, the cat or the dog just, it was like I'm watching this all happen in front of me, like, the, you know, it's like, what? And the cat, and then finally gets going. It was like this hilarious moment. And by the time she finally figured out the remote, <laughs> the trailer was over. I mean, the commercial for this new TV show that she wanted to watch so bad, 24, it was over. It was past. And I was just kind of laughing. I was like, oh, man. But the thing is, that, I mean, they knew how to get somebody's attention. If somebody watched 24, they got your attention with just that first boop of the countdown for that thing. Boop, 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 boop. What, what, what other ways do people get your attention? Think about yourself and think about life. What are some ways people get your attention? Call your name. Call your name. Y'all got an extra hour of sleep last night. Y'all should be more awake <laughs> than that. Call your name. Absolutely. It's not a hard question. I mean, come on. That's, that's, that's probably, the, probably the best one. Caleb, I got your attention right there. What else? So some other ways people might get your attention. I'll buy you food. I'll buy you some food. That's what, hey, you hungry? You want something to eat? That's a boudin. Oh, man, that was so good. What else? Other ways people get your attention. Just yelling. Just yelling. Hey! Woo! Yeah. I got an eight-year-old with autism. He gets our attention quite often. Anything else? Ways people get your attention. Oh yeah, tap you, tap you on the shoulder, tap you on the leg, smack you in the face. I get your attention, right? Hey, psh. I've had, I've needed that a few times. Get my attention the right way. Like, give me a little smack. Yeah, I mean, you know, call your name, shout, touch you, just you know, just to whatever, you know, get your attention. A lot of well, you mentioned buy you some food. I mean, sometimes it's just like get somebody you know, like trying to get people's attention. Just hold up a twenty dollar bill. Hey, yeah. <laughs> everybody. Okay, well, you got my attention now. So this month we're looking at this, this one of the most epic tales in, in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's called the story of Jonah. And this is one of those stories that there's a handful of these in the, in the, in the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that even if you've never read the Bible and, and maybe you've not even been to church very much or at all, you probably have heard this story somehow or you know a little bit about the story. Jonah's one of those kind of stories, right? Jonah gets swallowed by a whale and he lights a candle and finally the whale spits him out on the dry land and he gets to be a real boy. <laughs> no, that's Pinocchio. I got, it, got that wrong. So there's a lot of parallels between Jonah and Pinocchio. Uh, but he goes, you know, that's a whole other, whole other story. But don't worry if you've never even heard of Jonah. Uh, over the next four weeks, we're going to be reading the story. We're going to read just four chapters of this story. We're going to read a chapter a week, and we're going to look at wow, what does that apply to our lives. And as we dig into this, what we're going to find is, is God has a mission for us, a purpose for us. 
and it's called reconciliation. And it's reconciliation is bringing back, bring, bringing together. And the idea is there are people who are far from God, and he's given the people of God, the people who are already saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I believe in Jesus and I'm following Jesus, this ministry, our, our mission, our purpose of reconciliation, which is just to go to others and say, man, come, come to Jesus. And that's the purpose. And we're going to find ourselves in this story all along the way. And I find my, I read the Jonah story, I find myself in there a lot. And I think we all might do that as well. Kind of those things where you get like, this is a crazy story. And yet I can kind of see myself in the story a little bit. Here's the big idea. Living sent by God means leaving your comfort zone. Often means leaving your comfort zone. And living sent by God is just kind of a phrase we use around here from time to time. It means that God has you on a mission. He doesn't just have you. He doesn't just save you on a, and put you on a shelf. <laughs> we had that idea sometimes. Oh, I got saved. I'm good. I'm just waiting for, just waiting for Jesus to come back. Just going to sit here and wait. And that's not the point. He saves us for a purpose, for a mission. And so we call that living scent. And so that's where that comes from. So that purpose, God's purpose for you might not be what you want. I'm going to just hang out in that thought for a few minutes. God's purpose for you may not be just exactly what you want. I'm going to show a picture because John's not in here. Let's show it real quick before John comes back. That's the, that's the no call. John gets really mad when he sees that picture. I don't blame him. I kind of do, too. If you're not familiar with this, last year, playoff game, NFC Championship, the Saints win the game. They're going to Super Bowl. Now, now you can like other teams at Awaken, and we're okay with that, but the Saints are the only good team. I mean, you can like the Cowboys. I'll probably make fun of you at some point. Please don't be too offended by that. You can like the Chiefs. You can like, Everybody's got some teams they like around here. But, but you know, if you love Jesus, you love the Saints. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah, so, the, so we had this, this, this play where there was not a call made. It was obvious pass interference. It was also targeting, which is you, the, the defender hits you with an illegal headshot in your head. That was all there right in front of the referee, as you can see by the picture. And the referee standing there, look at that play. <laughs> and he didn't make a call. And we hated that idea. But it actually turned out to serve a good purpose because they have, in the offseason, changed the rule. They made a major rule change in this that that if if they play like this happens again now they can actually call the the foul call the penalty after the fact like the coach can call a uh, hey throw his little red flag out there i'm challenging this no call there was pass interference and you didn't call it and now yeah i know we're talking about this again <laughs> and we didn't like what happened but there was a purpose for it Sometimes God's purpose may not be what you like. We didn't like that call. We didn't like the outcome. But it served a really good purpose because now it can be that that rule has changed. So what would you say is your purpose? And you don't have to like say that out loud because if you're like most of us, you're probably like, I'm still working on that. And that's good because you should always be working on that. Know your purpose and then continue to work. What, what does that mean for what's my next step? What, what would you say is your purpose? Just, just think about that. Because the Lord gave a purpose to Jonah. He gave him this message. Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment. Now, I'm telling you right now, nobody wants, the per first of all, to go announce God's judgment. Nobody really wants to do that. I, I think that the, the people that are doing that, I, I think they want to do that, but I'm not sure God is calling them to do that. But in this case, God says God did call him to go and announce my judgment. Now, it's interesting. There's a subtle twist of the stories in the names. I know Quentin might like this. I know Quentin likes all the little wordplay stuff. Jonah means dove. Get the picture down quick. 
Jonah means dove. <laughs> dove. Now, a dove is an ancient symbol of peace, and we probably get that. We still use the a dove today as a symbol of peace. So, so Jonah, whose name means dove, is an ancient symbol of peace. He is the son of Amittai, and Amittai means truth. Now, check out the wordplay at the beginning of this story about a prophet of God. So, truth gives birth to peace. Truth gives birth to the messenger of peace. So what an interesting way to kind of set up the story about a prophet, the one who speaks forth the word of the Lord. So as a prophet of God, Jonah pr probably most often did what was right, and he followed God's, God's purpose for him. Or else he wouldn't have been a prophet very long if he didn't. So he was a prophet, and he, he probably followed God's purpose for him, but not this time. God sent Jonah on a mission to announce judgment to the people of Nineveh because it says he has seen how they are. He sees how the people of Nineveh are. So how are they? Well, let's talk about that so we'll understand where Jonah, why Jonah really doesn't want to do this. Jonah's from Israel. He's a Hebrew. He's from Israel. And Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. Now, Assyria was the kind of the empire at the time. After the Syrian Empire, there's a Babylonian Empire. And then you have, there's others that come and go, the Greek Empire. And then you have the Roman Empire by the time of Jesus is in place. So the Assyrian Empire is kind of the main world power, the, the, that area of the world, the world power at that time. And Nineveh is the capital city. And this is Israel and everybody else's worst enemy is who this is. That he says, God says, you're going to a mission to go announce my judgment on everybody's worst enemy. <laughs> So Jonah doesn't want to go there because he, as any good Israelite would or any good Hebrew would, he wanted absolutely nothing to do with these people. So here's who, who the Assyrians were. They actually they were so brutal that if the word got out that they were going to come to your town and they were going to, they were going to invade your town, there were, there were entire villages who it shows in history they committed mass suicide together because they didn't want the Assyrians to come do what the Assyrians did. That's how bad it was. There's, some, there's historical uh, records that show that there were villages that would just, let's, they're coming, let's just kill ourselves because we don't want to go through what they, what they put people through. Because what they put people through was they would go in and they would take over a city. They would kill a bunch of people as they came into the city, just killing them right and left. They would take all the women that, that they didn't kill. They would rape them, no matter even if they were children. And then they would kill them after they raped them. Then they would take the men who they didn't kill when they come into the city. They would take them right outside the city. They would skin them alive. You get a picture of this? It's like they just they, they pulled the skin off of you. And then they would bury them up to their necks in the desert sand. Because all this region was basically had sand. Excuse me, sand. It was a desert area. So you're skinned alive. They've already killed your, your family. They skinned you alive buried you in the sand up to your neck, and then would take your tongue and stake it to the ground so you couldn't even like even get spit to, to wet your mouth. So the reason they did this because it would you would go insane as you died of thirst there suffocating in the desert. And then when they finished all that, they would be, they would cut all the heads off. And they'd take the heads and they'd build these massive pyramids on the right at the city gates or the out or the outskirts of the village. And they would build a pyramid of all these skulls. Just their way of saying, the Syrians own this place. That's who they were. And God says to Jonah, I want you to go to the main city of these people and announce my judgment. Tell them, I'm, tell them that your God is mad about what they're doing. Tell them your God is going to shut them down if they don't stop what they're doing. 
Now, if I put myself in Jonah's place, and maybe you will too, you'll see that Jonah's reasons for not wanting to obey God seem legit. I do not want to go there. <laughs> and that's the thing. Sometimes in our minds, our reasons for not obeying God seem legit. Sometimes. Sometimes there's good reasons for me not to do this. It just seems legit. God is reconciling the world to himself. In this case, even the Assyrians, God wanted them to get right. And he's sending us to the world to the world with this message of reconciliation. A part of God's purpose for you may be to go to someone you don't want to. Maybe someone who's wronged you or hurt you or hurt someone you love. And God says, I want you to forgive them. And I want you to go to them. And I want you to forgive them the same way I have forgiven you. And we might be like Jonah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I've got good reasons. It's legit. Going with forgiveness to others is hard when they don't deserve it. It's kind of one of the big points about Jesus and his whole teaching on forgiveness. But they don't deserve it. But, but, but you forgive them. You forgive them. Maybe God's purpose for you is something you know you're supposed to do and you think, well, I don't want to do that right now. I, I'll, I'll do it later. I mean, maybe God, I mean, okay, okay. I know, what, I know, I really kind of know what God wants me to do, but I'll just, I'll do it later. Maybe that's the thing. That's delayed obedience. And delayed obedience is really disobedience. Really, that's what it is. It's, it's, like, is there any lag time between what God says and, and what you do? And y'all, I know y'all know what lag time is. I hate lag time. If I got my game, I push the button on my game. One, two, three, and then my character does what I want it to do. Mm -mm. I am not playing that game. I don't like lag. And we do that with God. There's, is there any lag time between when God says, hey, I want you to go do this. I want you to go to this person. I want you to take this step. I want you to, you know, and then that we actually do it. But spiritual maturity can be measured in the distance between God's command and your obedience. Where are you at spiritually can be measured by the distance between God's command and your obedience. Now, we're living sent by God. If we say, if, if we say I'm, I've been saved, Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm a Christian, and I love God. That means you're living sent, or you should be living sent. And God, that often means leaving your comfort zone. And then when we make our choice, our choice might just be in the wrong direction. We may make the choice to go in the wrong direction. Now, I have a GPS. Y'all guys, I know y'all remember the Garmin, right? She's laughing because I still have one. That's like yesterday. Trust me. Like we get in, the, in, my, in my minivan, because I drive, sorry, I'm a pastor with a minivan, pump vanilla ice, rub the windows down. Got my, my, my garment on there. I'm like, put, put in a thing to, to, you know, I know how to get home. I just, I like to have the little thing telling me directions. That way I don't have to like pay all the attention in the world. I can listen. Oh, yeah, I've got a turn coming up. And these guys who are riding with me, Quentin and Zach, mainly Zach, started like picking on, like, like making fun of my garment. You still got a Garmin, bro? I'm like, yeah, but I got some space on my phone. I got a phone of batteries not being run down while I'm driving. Oh, that's, that's a good point. My GPS, I like it because, it, it, I mean, it's, it's not quite as up-to-date as the Google app or Wave or whatever, whatever Waze, whatever app you use. But I'm telling you, it works, except for in my driveway. 
My GPS thinks I live on the other side of the street. I live on Highway 6, and most of y'all know you've been out to my house. If I go to take my kids to school, I drive down to the end of the driveway, and i got to turn right. GPS will say, turn left on Highway 6. No, if I turn left, I'm going to Natchitoches. And if i got to do anything in Natchitoches, I, I, I pop it in my GPS. GPS will say, turn right on Highway 6. No, i got to turn left to go to Natchitoches. Now, once I get on Highway 6 and turn, it straightens out, and I'm, I'm going, it, everything else is right. It just thinks somehow my house is on the other side of Highway 6. It's just messed up. The, it gives me the wrong direction to start off with every time. Luckily, I don't just have to follow that. Can you think of a time when you went the wrong direction? Now, think about it. You've probably gone the wrong direction in some part of life. You probably didn't do it on purpose, right? Most of the time when we go the wrong direction, we, don't ch- we, we make a choice to go that direction, but our choice isn't based on, I know the right direction, I'm just going to go the opposite. Sometimes people do that. But most of the time, our wrong direction, we accidentally went the wrong way. We just were... We weren't paying attention, or you know, we missed a missed a turn or something because we were talking, we were visiting, we were listening to you know the music that we got on the radio. We just we just miss it on accident most of the time. Jonah went the wrong direction. It was no accident. It was like those few times we have where we know the right direction and we choose to go the wrong direction on purpose. That he found out, and it's true for all of us, when God sends you somewhere. You can always find a boat going the other direction. When God has a plan for you, and he said, I'm sending you somewhere, there's always a boat going the opposite direction. Verse 3 says, Jonah went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He found a ship leaving Tarshish, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing down to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is 2,500 miles away from Nineveh. And I was reading about how about the ancient, how long it would take to travel in ancient times, in the time of Jonah, uh, in that culture, what would it take? It would take about a year to travel from Tarshish to Nineveh. So even if Jonah was like, oh, I'm just taking the long way to go to Nineveh, he's got to go all the way to Tarshish. And then from there, it would be a full year to get to Nineveh. He's like going, he's like, he's nowhere near like accidentally going the wrong direction. He just finds a boat going the opposite way from where God is sending him to go. That's a lot of running. Maybe you can relate to that. Because every, everyone uh, may, think, may think, you know what, man, you're so on track, and you got it all together, and you, you always seem like you just, you're happy with everything, and you know you've been running, and you know you're far from God, and you're tired. Man, we can, we can do that. We can be like Jonah. We can, I'm just going to, I'm good, man. I'm going to get down here on the boat, go to Tarshish, good to meet y'all. I'm, I'm a happy guy. I'm going to go down here and take a nap. And he's just like, oh exhausted, goes to sleep. You can run for, from God for a while, but you can't run forever. And I don't want that to sound like, ooh, God's going to get you. Now, God's got a purpose and a plan. He loves you. He's going to pursue you with love. He, he's got this purpose. He wants you to fulfill so much. And you can run from God for a while, but you can't run forever because his purpose and his plan will catch up to you. And if you've been running from God, why not make the day-to-day you just start running to God? Just turn that around and run to God. Or maybe you haven't intentionally been running the opposite direction like Jonah was. Maybe you've been just kind of drifting in the opposite direction, kind of just kind of drifting, like hesitating. I, I, God's, I know God's probably got a purpose for me, but I'm not really going to like even think about that right now. I'm just going to kind of do some stuff. And the hesitation is there. And hesitation to follow God's plan actually causes you to drift further away. Maybe you can relate like a few months ago, a few years ago, 
I was really close to God. Like I could feel God. There was, I was, there was time in prayer. I was, I was studying the scriptures. I was, I was connecting in a, in a circle, like a small group. We would get, we would just talk. Or I had a good friend, and we would just talk about spiritual things. And I just felt like I was so close to God. I was so full. Man, and maybe you've never felt God's presence, and that, that's cool too because you can know God in the way of God without feeling His, without feeling Him. It's, that's possible. For, for some of us, we have felt so close to God, and now we don't. We've drifted. And somewhere along the way, God's purpose for us to talk about our faith to someone, His purpose for us to give to someone that's in need, or His purpose for us to, to help out with a cause, or, or, or just, to, just to tune in a little deeper with Him in prayer, meditation, we hesitated. And we've been drifting ever since. And, and if you've been drifting spiritually, why not? Again, make the day to day just to stop drifting and get out of that drift and run straight to God. He's ready for you. So when we when we don't follow God's plan, because you can always find a boat headed the other direction, we're separating ourselves from God. Because separating yourself from God's plan separates you from God. And none of us want to do that. I mean, none of us really want to be separated from God, right? So God's purpose for you may not be just exactly what you want. Your choice may be in the wrong direction. So God may send a storm to get your attention. I think back to that, that day when my wife, Shelly, grabbed that remote and like sent the, the TV going, and the cat went flying and spinning out on the floor, and I was laughing. <laughs> I'm like, man, that, they, knew how to get, they knew how to get her attention. I think of these storms. We just sang about praising God in a storm a minute ago in that song. And I'm like, there's some storm. I love a good storm, a good thunderstorm. And, uh, man, if it's at night, I sleep pretty good. If it's during the day, I have a hard time focusing on work because, man, yeah, thunder's just thunder. The rain's just kind of coming down. It's just kind of gray out there. And you just kind of, I can just rest. That's how it feels to me. But there's other kinds of storms when those alerts start going off. Or if you're down here in Natchez, I guess it's called the God Siren. <laughs> it gets your attention. Yeah, there you go. It gets your attention in a whole other way. This storm gets your attention, and a few times you know, it happens. Uh, quite at least once or twice in spring, once or twice in, in towards the this towards this time of year in Natchitoches, these tornado warnings, and they're sometimes they're pretty close. And it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm paying attention now. You've got my attention. You've got it. Not like when the cat spins out and I'm just laughing, but I'm tuned in. Well, God sent this storm like that to get Jonah tuned in. Jonah went the opposite direction from the Lord. It says, but the Lord, verse 4, hurled a powerful wind. The Lord hurled a powerful wind. Just think of that. That's, some, that's descriptive. He just took the wind and threw the, hurled the powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break up the ship. Now, in this culture, they, the, the, the sailors are fully embraced, like they were the, that the gods were often angry. And when the gods are often angry, well, then the gods demand a sacrifice. That was, that's just a general rule for all, this, this whole world, known world at the time. They would have local gods, and when the gods are angry, well, the gods demand a sacrifice. So the crew began immediately asking, whose fault is this? Because the gods are angry. One of the gods, at least one of them, they're angry. We all need to pray to our gods. Wait, where's Jonah? Jonah, wake up. Pray to your God. Wait a minute, who is your God? Jonah. And Jonah tells them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh. 
When you see that it's, it's written capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the name of God. And when you read the, the Hebrew scriptures, the, the Hebrew Bible, when they translate it to English, there's the word Hashem, which means the name. <laughs> because they wouldn't write actually write Yahweh. They would write the name. And so when you see Lord, it was the original writing, it was the word Hashem, the name. The name is my God. What name? Well, the name is Yahweh. He's my God. And he's the God who created the heaven. Or he, he's the God of heaven. He created the land and the sea. And so this is the God I'm running from. I'm a prophet, and I'm actually running from this God. So Jonah was a believer, but he was not worshiping God. And it tags on what Zach said a few minutes ago. He believed in God. He's a prophet of God. But at this time, he was running from God. You are not worshiping God if you're running from God. He believed who God was. He just wasn't worshiping this God, his God. One of the problems with, I think, our culture today, churchianity, <laughs> is, is facing, is that there's a lot of people who believe in God. They say, oh, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but they don't live like it at all. They're living like, like Jonah. I'm going the opposite direction. I found me a boat going the other way. And there's nothing in their daily lives that resembles the teachings of Jesus. But being in church doesn't mean you worship God. Because worship is a lifestyle. It's how you live. And it's not saying, you know, praise God every two seconds. <laughs> that can be faked really easily. It's how you show love. It's how you follow through with being like Jesus more in every moment, which is loving your neighbor as yourself, which is loving God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is even loving your enemy. This is what worship is. So becoming more like Jesus in every moment is what we're talking about. And Jonah owns up to his sin. It's called confession. Verse 12, throw me into the sea. I confess, it's me. Throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. And I know this terrible storm is my fault. I admit it, or actually I agree. I agree with God. <laughs> This is my fault. I, this storm is of my own doing. So at, at first, they try to row faster. We're trying to like, no, we're not going to throw you into the sea because we don't want to make this God any more angry than he already is. You're a prophet of this God? No, I don't think so. Let's row faster. And that didn't work. But finally, they relent, and they throw Jonah into the hurricane. And then the storm stopped at once, it says. storm stopped at once. Now, something incredible happens. These sailors who are not Hebrews, who do not know the name, who do not know Yahweh, it says that they began to worship him. The sailors, verse 16, were awestruck by the Lord's, by the name's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. These sailors who had all these other gods that we don't know which ones they were, but we know now they said, you know what? We're going to serve. We are vowing to serve this God of Jonah, Yahweh. When we repent, God even redeems, redeems rebellion. When we repent, God even redeems rebellion. Jonah was sent with this message to the people of Nineveh. Repent. And he rebelled. But when he rebelled, now these sailors found salvation. Now these, these sailors found redemption. These sailors found reconciliation. Even when Jonah goes against God's will, God gets glory. So God's purpose for you may not be what you want, and you can always find a boat heading the wrong direction. So God may use a storm to get your attention. And all of this is because God loves you, 
and he's speaking into your life. They're not because the, the storms that, that may come into our lives, they're not because God's spanking you. <laughs> it's because he's speaking into your life. God has a purpose for you, and you get to choose, obey or disobey. That's like the coolest thing about this whole deal. People, I, I get all the time, like, oh, I'm not religious because you have, all you have is rules. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. You're religious about something. Religious means something you do regularly over and over again. Some of you may be religious about video games. You may be study, religious about your study habits. You may be religious about where you eat your pizza. I mean, you're religious about something, right? <laughs> You're religious about football. Yeah, absolutely. Religious. So you're religious about something. I'm not down on, on, on religion. What I am about this is that God gives us a choice when it comes to our spiritual lives. You can, here's a plan. Here's a purpose. You get to choose. Obey it or disobey it. I love you. Disobey it like Jonah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I'm not going like, to chase you down and try to wreck your life. I'm just going to let you know I'm here. And there may be a storm that has to get your attention. I don't know. We'll see. Here's something you do. Here's something I want you to do, may God may be saying. Here's someone I want you to reach. Here's someone I want you to speak to. Here's someone I want you to show love to. Here's a city I want you to, I want you to reach. Here's, here's a group of people I want you to impact. Here's a campus I want you to make a difference on. What will you choose to do? Obey or disobey? Because living sent by God often means leaving your comfort zone. And I've been, I've, this just kind of came to me too as, as we were as we wrap up. Um, man, awaken! We got just a part of the core group here today. There's several not here, but you know, I hope I hope we're ready to become uncomfortable because I feel like God is preparing us to be a little less comfortable than we have been. Because it's comfortable because we kind of all know each other, and then we get a new friend and we get to know. And like, man, you just welcome to the family. It's awesome. Love you. And that happens on a regular basis. But as things are happening, man, we have babies being born. And this little group, man, it was starting to change. And it was families and babies. And, and then as we get oh, some folks, we have a couple of folks that are part of Awaken, not here this morning, who are a little bit older. But eventually, life begins and life ends. And part of the uncomfortable part of being a church is, well, there's funerals that come part of this. There's, there's ministry steps that God's leading us into that we just feel like, well, we're just not ready yet. Maybe we're like Jonah. Maybe God says, I want you to go anyway, even if you're not ready yet. So I think we're heading into this season where God's calling us, man, you got to be a little bit more uncomfortable in this thing. And it's not just about growing a church. I mean, inviting people to church to sort of grow. It's about reaching people that I sent you to, going to them and speaking to them believe that so next steps what are the next steps i mean i think the the the, the best the best next step is the same next step that jonah takes we'll talk about next week pray the whole second chapter of jonah is jonah's prayer we're going to get into that deep next week pray and ask it's a very specific prayer i would say the next step for all of us would be pray and ask god who are you sending me to who are you sending me to maybe you maybe you call the word witness or evangelize maybe you do that all the time i don't know um, maybe it's who are you sending me to now? Who are you sending me to next? And if you're here, you're with us, or you're online, and like you're not a follower of Jesus, I think your next step would be I want to stop running from you, and I want to run to you.
Because you don't have to, when you run to God, you don't have to run very far. Because he's right there. So I got you. And run to him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for this morning and for this time and for your 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 presence with us, Lord. Um we thank you for this ancient, this story that's in the, the, the Old Testament of the Bible of Jonah. And some people discount it because it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating, it's wild, it's crazy. It's never, I never heard of a human being swallowed by a great fish for three days and three nights and surviving. Lord, let us get over that and just trust that, that Lord, there are times in our lives when, when we are down in the depths when we get swallowed by life, sometimes, probably most of the time, of our own, making our own choices. But Lord, even in those depths, and even when life swallows us, we can call out to you, we can pray to you, we can seek to turn back to you, we can repent. And when we repent, you, you can redeem even our rebellion in ways that only you can. So we know you've got a mission for us, to be your hands and feet and your voice in this community. And Lord, for each one of us, you, you have a specific mission, maybe some, a specific person or a specific group or, or a specific area that you have, you're placing on our hearts right now. Lord, may we not be ones who just wait for, okay, pastor, tell me what to do. But Lord, I ask you, God, what does this next step look like? Who are you sending me to? And then just step to them with love. Maybe we need to step to somebody with forgiveness today. Lord, we need your strength to do that. And we thank you that you give us that strength. You give us that, that desire. And we pray that you would return that to us, Lord, as we turn back to you and go on the mission you have for us of reconciling people back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.